Welcome, everybody, to the Skill Development Playbook Podcast. I am your host, Season 4, Episode Number 7. And today we're going to talk about how to develop your ball handling. We're going to talk a little bit about the difference between dribbling and ball handling and how you can develop both of them, actually. Um, But I typically get a lot of players that come to me and parents will say, that their kid needs, of course, confidence, work on shooting, fundamentals. And ball handling is one of those skills that is is requested often to improve. So we're going to talk about that a little bit today. Uh, but before we get started, I got to mention my book. The Skill Development Playbook is available. There are three different versions that you can purchase. You can go to my website and download the PDF version, which is 395 my website is T Jones Firm. That's the letter T J O N E S Firm, F I R M dot com forward slash S D P hyphen book. You can go to that website. You will see that there are three buttons that you can click on. Uh, the the black button says download PDF. You can click that. You can get the PDF. It's three ninety five. You can click one of the red buttons, and that's to purchase it on the Amazon website. One of them is through the Kindle. You can get the Kindle version, which is $3.99, or you can get the paperback book, uh, which is $9.99. And it's 10 10 chapters. I've I've gotten some great feedback. Um, Don Showalter, who is with USA Basketball, has read the book. Um, He enjoyed it. He said it was... was, um, Great information. I sent it out to um, another, uh, actually a Division One coach. They loved it. So it's really a good book. So you need to check it out. Um, so go to my website, check it out. Or if, you, if you're just browsing on Amazon, just type in Skill Development Playbook and uh, it'll pop up for you. All right, so let's get this thing rolling. How to develop your ball handling. So before we actually start, with some with some tips. Let's talk about the difference between dribbling and ball handling. And this is something that I try to explain to every kid and every parent that I work with. Uh, there is a difference. Uh, you know, I, and I don't I don't think that they're the, they're not technically the same thing. Uh ball handling is is ball handling is, you know, uh dribbling is passing it's catching, it's understanding what to do, it's decision making. Dribbling in a very just simple form is just bouncing the ball. Okay, it's, bounce, it's bouncing the ball. Dribbling the ball up and down the court. Uh, dribbling could be you know, going between your legs, behind your back, crossing over, different types of moves, in and out, uh, controlling the ball. You know, having good technique, good form, that's dribbling. You know, and like I said, dribbling is a form of ball handling because ball handling involves so much more. So when you're when you are handling with someone say, man, they can handle the ball, they don't or they should, they shouldn't just think about dribbling the basketball. There's so much more to that. Um now when we talk about how to develop your ball handling. I'm not going to get into the passing and the catching. I'm going to get into the dribbling, the decision-making, and and some of those aspects of it. So, But we're going to talk about how to develop those two because 
sometimes players say, uh, sometimes a parent would say um, they need to improve their dribbling when they're really talking about their ball handling. Or sometimes they'll say ball handling and they have to get into their, they have to develop some dribbling skills first, if that makes sense. I'm going to explain it, give you my take on it, um, and then we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna keep this thing rolling. All right, so there's there's drills to improve your dribbling. So let's talk about drills to improve your dribbling. Now, I'll, here's something that I want to say. Everybody has different ways of developing players. Okay, you're not going to see one one it, we're not all doing it the same way. Okay? Um you have I'm not going to necessarily say celebrity trainers, but well-known trainers that have uh, an unconventional way. You have some well-known trainers that have a traditional way. You have some well-known trainers that have a mix of both. Um, and then you have some that just do their own thing, you know. Um, so my whole thing has always been as crazy as a drill may look or as simple as a drill may look, is it helping that player develop? Is it helping that player get better? Does that drill help engage that player? And what I try to get people to understand, not every drill is going to be game-like. You know, we often talk about players doing two-ball drills. We talk about players doing form shooting, one-hand form shooting, or, or with two hands. We talk about some players using tennis balls. We talk about some players, you know, using uh, a medicine ball or or even just using one ball but doing different stuff with that one ball. And it doesn't necessarily mean that um, that's a game like drill. My whole thing comes down to what is it that you're trying to accomplish. That, to me, is is the most important thing. And I think we get away from that when it comes to skill development. What is your objective with that drill? What is your goal? What are you trying to get out of that drill? And if your if your objective or the goal, if you say, "Well, I, my player that I that I'm training doesn't handle the ball well against pressure," and you have him or her doing two ball drills, that's not necessarily going to translate over to the game. Okay. Now, if you have a plan. And you say, okay, this player struggles with handling the ball versus pressure. And we're doing two ball drills to work on that ambidextrous, you know, for them to be ambidextrous. And we're working on some core, they have some coordination issues. And we're incorporating their footwork. And then we're going to go from this two ball stationary drills to where we're going to slowly go into two ball drills on the move. And then we're going to remove one of those balls and we're going to work on, you know, I, I could get that. I can roll with that. Hey, you got a plan. You got a vision. That's what we're going with. But the issue comes in when you say, hey, we're going to do two ball drills. And and your reason is, oh, that they're not handling the ball well in the game. So we got to do two ball drills. Like, well, what else are you doing? Oh, we're just going to, we're going to, we're going to do two ball drills. And then you're missing the whole point. Like you're, your scope and understanding of what to do is completely off. So even if you say we're doing two ball drills, 
mixed in with tennis ball drills, mixed in with one ball drills, or we're going to do, you know, the, the, those heavy, heavy basketball or whatever it is that you're, that you're, you whatever uh, equipment or drill or technique that you're using, as long as there's a plan and that plan makes sense, you know, you have to know what you're doing. And I think that that's cool. But a lot of times we just have people doing stuff just to be doing it. So anyway, I know I kind of rambled on that. But drills to improve your dribbling. So you got your stationary drills, which could be one ball or two. It can, you can incorporate a tennis ball. You can incorporate any type of equipment, whether it's a chair, whether it's a wall. Um, there are different dribbling sticks and stuff that you can use, but you have your stationary drills. You have your cone drills where you're actually dribbling through and around different size cones. Um, you have tennis ball drills where you're tossing tennis balls in the air. You're making two or three moves. You catch it, toss it. And, and I'm going to tell you, I used to do those a lot more. I don't do them quite as I don't do them that often at all anymore. But I will tell you that players that are young, younger players that might have some coordination issues with dribbling with their right hand and then tossing and catching tennis ball with the left hand, it is a struggle. Uh, I've seen players, they try to toss the ball. Uh, they have an issue with tossing the ball with their left hand. And it's more of like they're tossing in the air, let go of the ball in the right hand, catch it with the right hand, and then the basketball just rolls off to the side. So you're working with some coordination. Um, and you have two ball drills. Two balls, dribble them at the same time, alternate the dribble side to side, push, pull, figure eights, crossovers, um, between the legs, cross, behind the back, cross, behind the back, between all these different things that you can do. Uh, but again, no matter what drill you use, you have to have a rhyme and reason for doing it. What is your end goal? What is it that you want this player to be able to accomplish? What is it that you want this player to be able to execute? You know, is this laying a foundation? Is this the beginning of a plan that's going to get them to where you want them to go? And I think if you do that, now you're on the right track to improve their ball handling, their in-game ball handling, okay? Uh, so, again, some of those drills are great, but they don't necessarily translate over to a game. So, and again, it doesn't, you, you, so many, so many coaches are just like, it's got to be game, like, it's got to be game, like, it's got to be game, like, and I understand that argument. I, I, I get that. I understand what it is that you're doing, but I'm, I'm telling you, not every drill is going to be game. Like it's, it's just, it's not possible. It's not possible. And so here's the thing that, that I try to get, I try to get um, some coaches to understand. We want to try to replicate the game as much as possible. And I get that. And I understand that. And I'm, and I'm with you on that. But what we also have to understand is, there are certain things in the game that we just cannot duplicate. We just, we can't do it. So we say, okay, um, this team, you could, let's take a team setting. This team that we're playing today, they love to trap. And so I'm going to put seven players on the court to work on trapping. I'm going to put seven players on defense to go against my five to work on, to work on trapping. And those seven people may get steals. And, and I understand 
all that. But here's the thing when it comes to trying to duplicate what you're going to see in the game. Excuse me, I had to get a, had to get a drink. Here's the thing. There are a couple things you're not going to duplicate. Number one, you can't duplicate the environment. There is no way that you can duplicate the environment that you're going to play in. Okay? You can't duplicate the uh, adrenaline that players have. Can't do that. The adrenaline, the nervousness, the anxiety, all that stuff. You can't, you can't duplicate that. You can't duplicate the referees in a practice setting. Okay? Um, the, the inconsistent calls on the road or the tight calls they may be having or how they're letting them play. You know, you just, you can't duplicate that. Now, you try to replicate as much as possible so when the players are in that situation, they can perform at a high level. But So when you're doing your skill development, you have to understand, I'm trying to get you ready for the game situation, but I know I can't actually replicate what you're going to experience in the game. So, like, for instance, I've seen it where trainers are working with NBA players, and they'll say, okay, they got to get ready for the game. They got to be able to handle the ball through contact. Um, and this trainer could be six foot, 175 pounds. Okay. And they could be uh, working with a player that is, you know, six, five, 215 pounds. Now that coach that's six foot, 175, 180 pounds. is not the athlete that that player is going to, practice against in a, or play against in the NBA. But they're trying to push him and slap him and do all that stuff. To me, I mean, to me, I don't see the point in that. I think that's just as silly as you see some other drills that people talk about that they got kids doing and, you know, doing crazy. I've seen drills where guys are throwing elbows against tires. I mean, to me, that's just as silly. It's just as silly because – for one, that guy that's 6'6", six, six, 215, 220 pounds, he's going to be matched up against somebody 6'6", 215, 220, 230 pounds. They're going to be matched up against somebody like that. So you can't replicate their strength. So, I, you know, when I see that, I'm just like, I don't, I don't see the point. How can you replicate an NBA player's strength and speed and quickness and you're just the average just the average person, average athlete. So I, you know, that's just that's just how I feel on that. Um, but you gotta have a you gotta have a plan. So not everything we do is gonna translate over to the game. I understand that. I get that. I want I want y'all to know that it's not gonna happen. Not everything you do is gonna translate over to the game. But what you want to do is put your players in a situation to where they are improving their skills and where they can see they improve their skills. And their confidence gets better. Dribbling and ball handling is like shooting. If a player comes in the gym and they know they can shoot, they're going to have so much more confidence with their shooting. They're going to think every shot's going to go in. To me, ball handling is the same way. If I know I have this ball on the string, I don't care what type of defense you're playing, I don't feel like you could take the ball from me. I feel like I can get from point A to point B. I can get to where I want to go on the court because – I put in the work. Okay. Um, but here's something you want to think about, though. You can be great at dribbling 
or dribbling drills and still struggle to handle the ball in a live game. And this is something I've experienced as a coach. I would have players come in and they would do two ball drills, one ball drills, stationary drills, tennis ball drills, and they would look great in the drills. But then they would struggle in the game. Now, I saw a video the other day and there was a uh, a coach, um, um, Michael Lancaster was on Instagram. And he talked about how he had a post and he was saying how, I remember this correctly, uh, some players are bad basketball players, but they look good in certain drills, but they don't always look good in in in, basket, in the basketball game. And he was saying, that's okay. I feel the same way, you know, because there is some type of improvement. And he was talking about how you've raised their ceiling, that particular player's ceiling. Makes sense. I understand that, okay? Um, And I see where he's coming from. And there are going to be times when you work with a player and they improve in a drill. They improve handling the ball in a stationary position. But they're not really getting in the game. And here's what I tell those players. I feel like improvement happens in two to three phases. The first phase when it comes to skill development, it happens in a skill development setting, okay? It's in a controlled environment. If they mess up, we can start over. I can get them immediate feedback. And then they start seeing some improvement. The second phase of the improvement is, is developed, is takes place outside of that controlled environment. They go to the gym on their own. They may be playing freely with some friends. And they notice that, hey, you know, I'm handling the ball better. Uh, it's in practice but they hadn't made it to the third phase, which is the game or competition. And when I say game, I'm actually meaning a real game, referees, the whole nine. And um, uh, that's usually the last phase because what happens is no matter what we do in practice, we go back to to what we're comfortable. And if I'm, if I'm, uh, if I'm, if I haven't made it to that third phase yet, and let's say I've been working on my shooting or my ball handling. I'm going to go back to what I've always done. I'm going to go back to my habits. So it's, to me, what I have seen, I don't know about anybody else, any other training, but what I have seen is typically happens in three phases. And those are the three phases. It happens in a controlled environment. And then it goes to the players doing it on their, on their own outside of that controlled environment. And then they start doing it more in uh, competition in the game. Okay. Um, so, there, there, there will be times, you know, if you're working with a player, your son or your daughter, they're going to improve their ball handling in those drills, but it may not translate over to a game, but you can't get frustrated. It's going to get better. You just got to keep moving forward. And you also got to tell them, look, it's coming. It's going to take some time, but this is, this is the beginning of the phases. Um, so what you have to do is you have to learn how to apply the techniques, the moves, the ball control versus a live defender. Okay, this is where you learn how to play or learn how to comes into play. Okay, so if I'm working with a player on a low crossover, you know, your, your crossover is dribbling, you're dribbling your crossover up too high. It's up by your shoulder. We got to keep get it down below your waist. So we got to get it down below your knees. That has to be applied when they're playing against a live defender. They, they may do it stationary all day long. They may do it dribbling through cones all day long, but eventually they've got to graduate over to, I got to be able to do this against a live defender. 
So they have to learn to apply those things. And um, that sometimes is a struggle because those cones don't move. Okay, <laughs> the cones don't move. I'm dribbling stationary. I'm not having to move. I'm not having to incorporate my feet. Um, players don't understand how to change pace, change speeds, change directions, um, protecting the ball, ball me defender, you know, getting that body between the ball and, and the own ball defender, all these different things they have to understand and know. Um, they have to see how the defender is playing them. You know, are they playing me tight? Are they trying to reach? Are they trying to steal the ball? What is it that they're trying to do? Or what is it they're trying to force me to do? And then I have to combat that or counter that. Um, you know, how's the defender's footwork? Are they standing up? Are they down in a, in a good defensive stance? Are their arms leaked away? Are they really in my airspace and pressuring me? Or are they just shadowing me down the court? You see what I'm saying? All those things a player has to understand and know. And they have to know those within a short time period. I mean, like, Fractions of a second. So they'll know how to attack. You know, um, so they have to that has to translate over to being able to do that against a lot of defenders. So you can do all the stationary tennis balls, two balls, um, use all the different equipment that you want, but eventually, and this is where I feel like a lot of people have a misunderstanding. You can do all the dribbling drills you want, but eventually that has to translate or be carried over to a situation where they're handling that basketball against a live defender. And I use stationary cones, tennis balls, two balls, or whatever it is I want to use as a foundation. I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to set a, a foundation for the player to be able to handle the ball against a defender. And I think when you look at it that way, you have a little more a little better understanding of what it is you're trying to accomplish. Okay. Um, so what you have to do is you have to know how to execute a dribble uh, or a dribble move. Uh, but again, it's Equally or even more important to know why and when. Why and when. Okay, I know how to do a crossover. But why would I do a crossover? When would I do a crossover? I know how to execute it behind the back, but when do I do it behind the back and why? Why would I do it behind the back instead of a crossover? When would I go between the legs? I know how to go between the legs, but when would I do it? Why, why, would, I, why would I do that? Same thing with the in and out. Why would I do an in and out? You see what I'm saying? So that, that's something that the player has to understand. Because we don't want to just put players in dribbling drills, stationary drills, or dribble through cones, and then just say, okay, we worked on our dribbling. All right, you, you are, you're being pressured against that defender. Use, use the move, use the crossover, use this, do that. And those players are not going to understand, and, and they're still going to be frustrated. So we, they have to know how to do it, why to do it, and when to do it. Okay? Um, you know, like, for instance, if, I'm a, if, 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 
if I'm dribbling the ball down the court and my defender is playing me for a crossover, I've hit them with a crossover a couple of times. Then I know that they're going to be playing me for a crossover. So now I'm going to hit them with an in and out. Okay, why am I doing it? I'm doing it because they're playing me for the crossover. When am I going to do it? You know, there's different scenarios. I could be on a fast break, coming down the court. They could be on their heels. I can hit them with an in and out to get them off balance. Uh, I can have them on my hip. I can open up, um, hit them with an in and out to shift them, get them off balance. So it's a number of different ways in that that you that you could do this. Okay, but they have to know why and when. Um, it's not just about doing a drill and then saying, go handle the ball against this live defender. Okay. Uh, so application, how to apply dribbling drills to game like ball handling. Okay. How to apply dribbling drills to game like ball handling. So the best drill to do, and this, this is my opinion, this is what I've had the most success with with the kids that I've worked with. One of the best drills to do is just dribble the ball versus a live defender. <laughs> I know some of you might have been thinking it was going to be something special, but it's not. There's no magic drill or potion or anything like that. Have them dribble the ball against a live defender or defenders. That's how you do it. Um, they're going to make mistakes. They're going to lose the ball. They're going to get off balance but they're going to have to learn from it, okay? They're going to learn from it. The best drill that you can do to improve your ball handling is to dribble against a live defender. So here's how I approach skill development. I like to introduce it. And and don't get me wrong, sometimes I just throw players in the fire and see how they respond. But I I want to introduce I want to introduce to you the skill. Let me see how how well you can perform the skill. Once I see how well you can perform or cannot perform the skill, then I break it down or isolate it. So let's say, for instance, a player can handle the ball. They can do a crossover. They can do all the dribble moves, but their footwork is terrible. So then I isolate their feet. We work on their feet along with their their ball handling. Your hands and feet have to work together. You have to have good hand, uh, hand foot coordination. So we work on that. Then from there, we'll do different things. If it's just me and that particular player, then I add decision-making. I add decision-making to their ball handling. You know, make them, I force them to have to make decisions. You know, uh, do they make a move? You know, and I don't go out there and guard them one-on-one full court. But I guard them enough to where they have to understand, okay, oh, right here, I should have made this dribble. Um, you know, they have to make a move or two against me just, you know, just to get them to, to get the feel for it and understand it. And here's the other thing. So we go from breaking it down, isolating whatever it is they need. Then we go into a live defender situation. But here's the most important thing. If you're a kid or if you're a son or daughter – or one of your players have never really handled the ball before, you have to force them to dribble. 
You have to put them in situations that's going to force them to handle the basketball. You do. That's the only way that they're going to get comfortable, and that's the only way they're going to really learn. Now, you're not necessarily having to turn everybody into uh, a Steph Curry when it comes to Jim Lowe or Kyrie Irving, but they want to be efficient. Okay, they want to be, you know, respected enough with their ball handling to where they, the the opponent know, okay, well, they can make a couple moves and get to the basket. So that's what you want to be able to do. So that is all that I have for y'all today. Let's go back through this real quick. Uh, how to develop your ball handling. I hope I gave y'all some good information. Um, first, you got to know the difference between dribbling and ball handling. You know, dribbling is the execution of of different dribble moves. You know, your crossovers, your between the legs, your behind the back. You know, it's controlling the ball, having all your technique down. Ball handling actually includes uh, dribbling, shooting, passing, decision making. Um, you know, all these all these different 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 things. Um, so, and it, and it incorporates knowledge and know how. Okay, so. And that's something I really didn't I really didn't touch on, but there's no I touched on it, but but without saying knowledge and know-how. Knowledge and know-how. So knowledge, real quick, knowledge is knowing. I know this is gonna sound crazy. You have the knowledge of knowing uh, this is how you execute a crossover. This is how you go between the legs or behind the back. Okay. You have the knowledge of that. You understand all the small details of that. But the know-how to me within this situation is understanding when you're playing against that live defender, how to really execute that move against that defender and keep control of it and, you know, and, you know protect the ball and all that. So those that's the kind of difference between those two. But, you know, the, the, the ball handling encompasses I have the knowledge and I can I have the know-how. You know, I understand what I'm doing, and then I can actually execute it, whether it's against a live defender or if I'm doing a stationary, okay? So just remember, there's some different drills you can do to improve your dribbling. You got your stationary drills, your cone drills, your tennis ball drills, your two-ball drills, your one-ball drills, and there's a lot of different ways you can go about doing it. Uh, you know, and some of those drills are going to be game-like, some of them are not going to be game-like. But it depends on what your outcome or your objective or your goal is that you're trying to meet. If you are doing two-ball stationary drills to to improve handling the ball versus pressure, you're missing your mark. But if you're doing two-ball stationary drills to improve your, your hand-eye coordination or your quickness or your hand speed, I understand that you're on the right track. Keep doing it. Uh, but you have to understand what it is that you're doing and what you're trying to accomplish. Okay. Uh, but we, again, they don't always translate over to a game, which is cool, which is cool. But at the same time, if you're a trainer or you're a parent or you're a coach, you want to put those players in situations where they have to handle the ball. If you want them to really see improvement in a game situation. Okay. If you want them in a game situation. So, uh, one of the best drills to do is just put them against a live defender. You know, set you up, you know, get get a line on one half on one side of the court, a line on the opposite end on the 
on the uh, opposite side of the court, and you just go one-on-one full court. Not zigzag. We're not doing zigzag drill. It's one-on-one full court. I got a defender. You got a ball handler. You know, you're trying to get from the baseline uh, to baseline or baseline to the opposite free throw line, controlling that basketball. Put them in tight spaces. You know, uh, you know, you could say lane line all the way down and sideline. You got to handle the ball in between those spaces. The defender, hey, you're trying to turn him as much as you can without getting blown by. Offensive player, you're trying to blow by him. And then you could throw in little, you know, a little teaching points, how to keep him on your hip, how to veer in front of him and pick up the foul, make him run into you or, or make him hold up, um, how to separate off – you know, if they're on your, if you got the ball in your right hand, they're on your left shoulder, how to separate from that defender. Uh, just all the different types of things that you would want, that you can work on. Uh, but do those drills. That's what really helps them handle the ball versus pressure. So you have to graduate to that. Uh, but sometimes what you're going to happen is you're going to have players that you can just do those drills with to work on their technique, work on their speed, work on their form. And then when they leave from you, they're going to go to the to the local gym and play, and they're going to handle the ball, and that's how they're going to get their reps in. And then people are going to go, oh, my goodness, man, your ball handling's gotten so much better. But the reason for that, or part of that reason, because not because they're doing stationary drills, is because now they're taking the ball and they're playing against somebody and they're having to handle it against a live defender. Okay. All right, so that is it. Um I am done. So before you go, let me give you all my social media so you connect with me. I am on Twitter and Instagram. My handle is NBNBball. NBNBball. Uh, connect with me on Twitter. I'm also on, on Instagram. Um, on my Instagram, I've been uh, trying to really post more stories. I've also been posting a few more things on my page. Uh, so y'all connect with me on there. Also, I'm on LinkedIn. On LinkedIn, you can connect with me, uh, TJ Jones. I'm also on Facebook. Connect with me on my Facebook page, NBN Basketball. And then, of course, you can always connect with me or, or go check out my website. I have two websites. If you want just information about my training, if you are a local uh, that's in the Conway, Little Rock, Central Arkansas area, Go to uh, nbnbball.com and you can read all you want about my training and my services. If you are outside of, of the state or if you can be anywhere and you actually want some consulting, you need some help with anything, just let me know. You can go to my website, tjonesfirm.com, and there's actually a Hire TJ button at the top right. You can click on that and, uh, and that take it to my contact page. And if you have any questions, I'll be sure to help you out. So, oh, and my email, email. If you want to email me, uh, send an email to info at tjonesfirm.com. Um, I give my emails on my phone, so I, I, I pretty much connect with, you know, connect with that pretty often throughout the day. So that is it. Uh, I appreciate y'all. Y'all be sure to share, let people know about, about the podcast. I, again, I think I am the only podcast that just sticks strictly to skill development, and I appreciate that. I've been getting some good feedback from some different people, and I appreciate the uh, the support. Um, but, again, if y'all have anything, let me know. 
And until next time, God bless.